Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host, for Nick's Nerd. Oh, well, hello there, friends, family, fans, people of the internet. It is I, your host, Nick. This is Nick's Nerd News. We're on episode 175. Can you believe it? 175. 175 weeks I've been at this. Well, give or take a few. You know, we've taken just a couple of weeks off. But yeah, 175. We started way back in, uh, what was it, 2019, I think? 2018? I don't even remember. Yeah, we started in 2018, May of 2018. Here we are in September of 2021. Been going out it a while. You guys have been listening to me ramble on for for hours at this point. I'm surprised you still do it. No, no, I kid, I kid. I know, I know I do this to to bring enjoyment to you, to me. I have fun doing it. I hope you guys have fun listening otherwise you wouldn't have stuck around this long, right? And uh yeah, we got a fun show today, but uh, first things first, as always, check out, make sure to like, subscribe, share, poke, prod, uh, upvote, star, whatever you do for us is great. I appreciate it. Share it with a friend or a family member or an enemy, I whatever works, right? Whatever works. Uh, also, just as always, I've been, I'm still shoutcasting for the 101 Esports League out in Oceanside. Make sure to give them a, a, a like and share as well. Uh, they're the 101 League on Twitch, the 101 League on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the good stuff. Uh, we will not be hosting our Thursday event this week, uh, and we're actually transitioning that from just regular Pokemon to FGC night, so, you know, regular fighting games abound. Friday nights are still Smash Ultimate. Saturdays are still uh, Super Smash Melee, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, you can check us out on Twitch. But uh, we'll also, of course, be uh, at the Nevada Street Nerd Market next week uh, at Panels Comic Book Coffee Bar as well. That's where we host our Super Smash Melee on Saturdays and our FGC nights on Thursdays. Uh, make sure to, to be on the lookout for that. I'll talk about it again next week as a reminder for some of you that are local, at least. Um, and uh, like I said, just make sure to check us out. I'll be shoutcasting on Friday and Saturday. And I uh, hope you guys have fun listening to that as well. Uh, and with that, let's get into the news of the week. So, the first thing I do want to talk about. Uh, Deathloop did come out yesterday. I have yet to get a chance to actually play my copy. Uh, so I will talk about that on next week, and, and even if I did, I didn't want to give you guys a full review after only a couple hours. I, I, I think I've done that in the past, and I think it's a little disingenuous to do that. Um, so I, I just I want to get m more than a few hours in and then talk about it next week with you guys. It has been getting really good reviews, uh, so it looks like it, it's quite a, a masterpiece, as I've seen. Some, some places are giving it perfect scores uh so we'll we'll talk about that next week i'll give you my full unabashed opinion on death loop uh next wednesday uh biggest news though of course was the playstation showcase last thursday um 
A lot of stuff dropped there. A lot of major stuff dropped. A lot of major news. Not just for PlayStation, but, but gaming in general. And the, the, the biggest news, of course, is the Knights of the Old Republic remake. The Star Wars The Knights of the Old Republic remake. Uh, this is a ground-up remake being made by the team at Aspire. I couldn't find if they were owned by PlayStation or not, but the game, uh, it will be a console launch exclusive on PlayStation 5, and it will also be on PC. Um, it, it It's a bit of irony, for sure, that, um, <laughs> that it's... Uh, it's going to be a, a, a an exclusive per se on on PlayStation when the original was a exclusive on the Xbox console wise. Um, they are owned by the Embracer Group, so they are not uh, they are not owned by um, and Saber Interactive, so they're not owned by Sony. Um, but of course, remember the the Embracer Group. Uh, is formerly Nordic Games or THQ Nordic. Uh, they own like a billion video game companies, um, which is out of control. And technically they're owned by um, Saber Interactive, who, um, and Aspire is out of uh, Austin. So a lot of Bioware Austin people have probably moved over there as well. And uh, they, they were saying a lot of people that worked on the original game are there. Um, and it sounds like it might not be completely RPG-like. Um, most of the voice cast of the original is returning, so that's good to hear. We didn't see any gameplay, um, just because it's a, a, a trailer, a cinematic trailer. And I'm sure we won't know what it looks like for quite a while, because I don't think this game is coming out for at least a year and a half or two. Uh, Aspire, though, probably is probably one of the best teams to do this. They've actually ported... Knights of the Old Republic to Android and, and things like that and iOS um, and to Mac. So they're, they're familiar with the game. They've done a lot of ports for a lot of games. Uh, they've worked on a lot of games as well. But it looks like this is going to be the first time they make their own game, really, uh, in quite a while. Because it looks like most of the games they've done are ports. Uh, whereas, like I said, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic is going to be completely done by them. Um, they've worked on a lot of Star Wars games, porting Star Wars games over at least for LucasArts and Lucasfilm. Um, so it makes sense. Uh, sucks that it's not going to be on Xbox as well at the start, but a lot of people will probably be paying, playing on PC. Uh, I will be playing on PlayStation, of course, um, since I have to. Uh, I don't think my PC will be able to run it that well, but that that's okay with me. I'm, I'm not... Not super frustrated about it, um, but hey, games is a business, and it, it makes sense, but it sounds like it, it will be coming up Xbox eventually. Uh, also, Insomniac announced two new games, uh, the first of which is going to be their Wolverine game, which will be mature uh, and grounded or things like that. Uh, only got a cinematic trailer for that, uh, so that that's something to look forward to. Uh, and then we got a trailer for Spider-Man 2, uh, which will feature Peter and Miles as the, the main stars. Uh, looks like they're going to be going up against Venom. Uh, and another voice was heard. People think it might be Craven the Hunter. We don't know. Uh, that is set for a 2023 release. 
Uh, so we're at least two years away from the Spider-Man 2 being made by Insomniac. Uh, sounds like Wolverine might be after that. We also got our first trailer and inside look at the new uh, God of War Ragnarok game. Uh, it will feature Thor, uh, Thick Boy Thor, or uh, Barrel Chested Thor, as, as uh, I've come to point him out. So he's not like, uh, he's literally like, he's kind of fat, right? Um, more representative of, of Norse, Norsemen, I guess. Uh, we'll also have Tyr, the, the Norse God of War. Uh, Odin will make an appearance. Uh, there's going to be some new mechanics. The trailer was shown off. Unfortunately, we don't have a release date. Uh, that is still coming to PS4, though, so I don't think we're too far out from when that game comes out. Uh, they announced some other things, um, some other games. Some other things that caught my eyes, though. Project Eve, uh, new... It looks like a Souls-like game, I or just a standard action-adventure game. Uh, that looks really good. No word on if that's going to be exclusive or not. Uh, and then the new trailer for the new Square Enix game called Forspoken. That's supposed to come out in, in spring of 22. Uh, looks like it's about a story of a girl f that goes from our world into like a medieval-type world with magic and shit. And it looks really fucking cool. And the, the, the voice acting and the script, the dialogue doesn't seem as stiff as it normally does in a Square Enix game. So I'm, I'm cool with that. Uh, they announced that Uncharted 4 and Lost Legacy will be re-released as the Uncharted Legacy of Thieves collection. Uh, that's coming to PC and PS5 next year. We got a trailer for the Alan Wake remaster. Uh, they, they did confirm that there's not going to be any product placement <laughs> in the game. Uh, of course, the original featured heavy product placement from both Verizon and Energizer, uh, considering you use a lot of batteries in the game. Uh, that releases on 10-5, uh, October 5th. Play this game if you haven't before, please. It is amazing. It is so underrated. Uh, if you like Twin Peaks, it's a, like, a lot like that. It's a great mystery game. Uh, it makes you think a lot. Don't play it at night because there's a lot of jump scares. And uh, one of the few things that's, that's gotten me to legitimately be freaked out. Granted, I was playing in the dark in like the middle of the night. So Alan Wake is an amazing game. It is super underrated. Like I said, if you have never played Alan Wake, you need to get the remaster if you can. Um, it, it's it's worth it. Trust me. Uh, also, Grand Theft Auto V next-gen update. It's the second time we've said a next-gen update for Grand Theft Auto V. Has been delayed once again until March uh, for both the Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5. And, of course, we got a trailer and release date for Gran Turismo 7. Gran Turismo 7 will be launching on March 4th on both PlayStation 4 and PS5. So that is, that, that is the most of what happened at the PlayStation Showcase. I am very excited for God of War Ragnarok. The first game was, was one of the best games of uh, the year it came out. Um, they did show off some trailers for some other things. I'm very excited for Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man was one of the few games that brought me to tears at the end. And uh, Wolverine, I'm excited for. And of course, KOTOR. Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic is the greatest Star Wars game. Full stop. There's there's nothing that... There's a few things that come close. But the gap between one and, between one and two on my, my list of like best Star Wars games... The, the gap is like the Grand Canyon between them. Right? So, 
if and so if and no with Knights of the Old Republic being number one, I would say the Force the Force Unleashed is a solid number two. Um, but again, the, the gap between them is is like the Grand Canyon. It, it's it's just huge. There's nothing there's nothing that compares to Knights of the Old Republic. And while Knights of the Old Republic two was fun, it was a different studio, and and Obsidian did what they could. Uh, the the Old Republic MMO is set like years late, decades later, and it just it's an MMO, and it 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 just doesn't hold a candle. But like I said, Knights of the Old Republic, just the story itself is amazing where, you know, spoilers for an uh, almost 20-year-old game, you know, you're playing as Revan the whole time and it, you come to realize that you kind of had your memory wiped and the story of, of just the Sith Empire and how it kind of got started and, you know, HK-47 is a great droid companion. The morality choices in that game are great. And the companions are second to none for it's Bioware. Bioware made the first game, so they they know what they're doing, right? They they are one of the they were one of the greatest RPG studios. Uh, not so much anymore, just with recent things that have been going on. They they probably want to reclaim that title, and just there's there's a lot of things going on in the story of Knights of the Old Republic that fit the Star Wars mold, and that's what's great about it. So I wonder if this new game will be considered full canon or not because it's technically a full remake from the ground up and they can make some minor tweaks probably in the vein of, you know, what they did with Final Fantasy VII. Uh, It'll be interesting to see how much changes or if it stays RPG or if it stays turn-based. But a lot is to be desired on seeing more of that game and I don't know when we'll see more of it. Probably at the Game Awards, if anything, but... Probably not, because we don't have a release date. Uh, moving on, uh, the Analog Pocket, a device that I scream from the rooftops about uh, because I I want one very much, and it's a very cool device. Current pre-orders are closed. They hope to open more in the future. Uh, but if you were lucky enough to snag the uh, first run of pre-orders, unfortunately, the device has been delayed a third time to December of this year. It really sucks um, for people that have been wanting it. I, I, like I said, I am very much excited for it. So it was first uh, set to release in May, then it was delayed to October, and now it has been re- delayed to December. Um, oh man, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope it. Uh, they are able to make more for more people to to pre-order after the initial run um but yes so if you are hoping to get an analog pocket the initial run will release in december uh and no word yet on when more pre-orders or more units will be available to to order i'm guessing sometime after december uh also announced far cry 6 uh so i already know we already uh, we already know that we will be getting DLC based on the three previous villains that people love. Pog and Min from 4, um, Joseph Seed from 5, and then Vaz from 3. Uh, so we'll be getting DLC episodes that kind of focus on them. They come out, you know, I think November, February, and later in 2022. 
Well, also announced is some other new DLC that is coming to the game uh, that will be centered around Stranger Things, Rambo, and uh, Danny Trejo is joining the game as a play, not a playable character, but like a, a companion, and he'll give out missions and things like that. Yes, Danny Trejo is joining Far Cry 6 as a um, as an NPC, as himself, I think. Or he'll have a different name, but but Danny Trejo, I think, is going to be the first time his full likeness will be in a game, um, which is wild, it's straight wild to me. And uh, how many of you guys own Stadia's? Show of hands, show of hands. Well, uh, Stadia's facing another major blow, as they are losing another uh, exec or major uh, off like higher profile person in the stadia team uh the he's an executive for stadia i should say he's the director for games uh jack buzzer buser uh is leaving stadia to work for google cloud i don't know why it says leaving the company it's, i mean he still works for google and he will uh, head up google's new cloud gaming arm as the director of global gaming solutions so, this started two days ago. Uh, he'll now report directly to Google's Cloud Vice President of Industry Solutions, Lori Mitchell-Keller. And, uh, just, they, Stadia already lost their head of product, John Justice, a few months ago. And a lot of, a lot of other people left Stadia to join Haven Entertainment Studios. But... I don't think Stadia is uh, going to be around for much longer. I guess they spent so much money on... Uh, you know, they, they closed all their internal studios. Um, some people say it was from the Microsoft, Microsoft Bethesda acquisition. I don't think so. They spent millions of dollars on ports. Um, yet Google says, quote... Gaming is an incredibly important vertical at Google, and we're seeing huge momentum across all products and services. Jack's new role will allow us to better bring customers the best of Google across our cloud services, Stadia, YouTube, and more. Stadia continues to be led by its GM, Phil Harrison, and Stadia's business development and partner management teams will continue to be led by Michael Abatista, who took over the role in 2020. Abuser's uh, departure points to... F uh, well, unquote, excuse me. And... It looks like it's going to be not making its own games, but more of a platform. So, be interesting to see how that morphs, or if it's still around in in um, another year or so. Because even Microsoft is is getting into the cloud gaming thing, and we'll we'll talk about that in a second. But, um, yeah, I think Stadia Stadia was dead in the water to begin with, and it looks like it's just bleeding out at this point uh platinum games has announced that they would like to port their star fox zero over to nintendo switch if possible uh i guess it was a fan loves uh star fox game uh, however it was it was been told to them by nintendo that any changes that would need to be made to port it would have to be approved by miyamoto himself which you know makes sense miyamoto's pretty much a living god at this point 
Uh, also, for PS5 users, the update allowing you to use expandable storage uh, is now live uh, as of today. Uh, this is where you can put in your own NVMe drives that require heat sinks to expand your memory. Uh, it supports up to four gig or four terabyte hard drives. And then, um, speaking of Xbox and cloud gaming, uh, the Windows 10 app, the Windows 10 Xbox app, now allows you uh, to essentially stream games from your console to the cloud um, or the cloud from the cloud directly. Uh, this is a new update. Uh, so if you own an Xbox console or if you use Xbox Cloud Gaming, which used to be called X Cloud, uh, if you are an Ultimate Game Pass Ultimate subscriber uh, in one of 22 countries, you can use the app to uh, stream cloud gaming under a new cloud gaming section. And so the only ones you could do were going through a browser. Uh, so you'd have to play through the browser, but that is no longer the case on Windows 10. And you can stream games directly from your Series X, S, or Xbox One onto your PC via remote play. And uh, this is the first time they've allowed it for series consoles. So it worked on Xbox One. Now you can do it on series consoles. Um, and you can stream games at 1080 up to 60. Uh, and you can play select 360 and original Xbox games. Um, I just love being able to play on any device. I don't personally use it, but I probably should. Um, so if I don't want to play like, be downstairs and disturb people, I can always play in my room, but, uh, yeah, that, uh, that's happening over on the Xbox world, so you can stream games or play on the cloud through the Windows 10 Xbox app, no longer have to use a browser, um, and this is a weird one, so, recently the Nintendo Switch got a price cut in Europe, I think it was like $100 or so, but, People were then wondering, are we going to get a price cut uh, here in the U.S.? And apparently, according to Nintendo, they have no plans to reduce the price here in the United States. So, uh, it's going from 279 British pounds sterling to 259 British pounds sterling in the U.K., which... It's only a $20 decrease. Uh, and then in Europe, it's going from 329.99 euros to 269.99 euros, which is a lot bigger of a drop. Um, but I don't understand why it doesn't want to drop the prices here in the States. Um, I mean, the console's been out for four years, which, again, I don't understand... I mean, it's almost time, especially with the new OLED, um, the OLED version coming, which, again, makes sense, um, but I don't understand. It's really strange. Like I said, it's really strange. It's been $300 since it launched. There is the Switch Lite, which is $250, um... It is one of the best-selling consoles ever made, so I, I guess that uh, uh, the Switch OLED is going to be three fifty. So I don't know. 
very odd indeed that they would lower it in half the world or a quarter of the world, however you want to say it. I don't know. But not in its largest market, more more than likely. I mean, if they're still selling it, it doesn't matter. And I'm sure most people won't even be aware. But very interesting indeed. Uh, and sticking with the Switch, the Nintendo Switch has finally enabled you to connect Bluetooth headphones to it. Yes. Uh, four years after launch, you can finally connect your own set of headphones to the Nintendo Switch. Does this mean that they'll finally allow you to, uh, you know, like, use uh, the Switch and your own headphones to use for game chat? Probably not, and you might have to use their convoluted app still. But, nonetheless, you can finally have wireless headphones on your Switch uh, to listen to music. Uh, let me get the exact details here for you. So yes, this is update 13.0.0. Uh, uh, so to be able to do this, need, you need to make sure that, that you have been updated to, to the latest version. Um, update to the... Do a system update if not. And uh, with your Switch updated, you want to go into settings, and then Bluetooth audio, and you can pair a device. So it's all native. Uh, your, your Switch will then start looking for Bluetooth devices. Um... Make sure your device is in pairing mode itself, uh, and that way you should be able to then disconnect them, uh, connect them and disconnect them, uh, and it's all done from the Bluetooth audio section of your Nintendo Switch, which they finally added four years after launch. Doesn't make any sense at all that it took this long, but... Um, Anyway, a new Star Wars game was announced for Switch and, and mobile, of all things. It's called Star Wars Hunters, and it looks to be uh, a bit like a uh, 4v4 game, where you kind of play in like arena battles. Um, the trailer's really cool. Uh, again, it's just a trailer. And I guess... Uh, they showed it off at Nintendo Direct last year. I really don't remember. But you can play as Stormtroopers, Mandalorians, Smugglers, uh, lightsaber-wielding characters, both dark and light. Uh, there's a character where it's two Jawas standing on top of each other in a longer Jawa robe, which is hilarious to me. Um, <laughs> and... Yes, Arena Combat takes place after the Return of the Jedi, from my understanding. Um, uh, it says, quote, Set after the fall of Galactic Empire, Star Wars Hunters will connect players in real time to battle in arena settings inspired by iconic, iconic Star Wars locales, unquote. Um, they also went on to say, quote, Compete as daring bounty hunters, heroes of the Rebellion, and holdouts of the fallen empire in an action game that immerses you in fast-paced and visually stunning star wars conflict unquote now the fact that there's also an ugnaught riding in a droidica is, is hilarious but the thing i'm concerned about so it comes out next year for mobile and switch probably going to be a lot like Pokemon Unite where it's uh, heavily, heavily, heavily reliant on microtransactions. 
and that is n my concern is is not wavered. I was interested in this game until I saw, you know, the splash screen at the end saying when it was coming out, the title, and who the developers are. And the developers are Zynga. Everyone's favorite microtransaction mobile game maker, Zynga. Makers of Farmville and many, many other games. I am now very, very cautious about this game. And I don't know if I'm going to purchase it at right away. I'm definitely going to need to see reviews. I'm definitely going to need to see gameplay because when I see a Zynga name on a game, I am very, very cautious because it is going to definitely fall into the mobile game trap. And that is what I'm most concerned about and most worrisome about. But hey, moving on. Uh, new rumors. So there was a massive leak from NVIDIA this this past week um and it listed a whole bunch of possible games and and things like this and and one of the leaks was a potential um at uh at what next year's call of duty might be uh so it looks like it's going to be infinity ward and it's potentially a sequel to modern warfare i don't know why they they wouldn't and this is uh the leak is suggesting that it's going to be a sequel for to Modern Warfare that's centering on the war on drugs against uh, cartels and, and stuff like that, which makes perfect fucking sense. Like, lately, we've had to up our tactics against drug cartels and things like that. Like, we need to take in high-stakes high tactical gear. The DEA needs to have, like, like spec ops-level dudes. This, this makes a ton of sense. It, it does. And the fact that, like, if, if you think it doesn't make sense, then I, maybe you don't know as much about the drug trade or the, the war on drugs as, as like, that uh, some other people might. But, you know, you can only fight terrorists so many times, right? And I think moving to a different situation where you fight drug cartels is, like, the next like evolution right because that that makes so much more sense because it would add something fresh and new to the game that that you're not used to and i think you know being in the favelas of colombia instead of brazil make more sense than anything and it it actually opens the door to bring favela back as a map because this time we'll be in in you know colombia if the rumor holds true, or somewhere in, in South America or Latin America. And, oh man, the, the potential for this is fucking wide open. And I am ecstatic about this. And hopefully Activision gets their shit together in the next year uh, to, to do that. To get me on board with them again. And they have actually made a, a positive step so far. They've actually hired a former Disney HR executive... To spearhead their new HR renewal, I guess uh, you could call it. Uh, they have hired Julie Hodges, who is uh, a former Walt Disney executive. Uh, she'd been with Walt Disney Company for 32 years. So she is the new chief people officer. And her job is to, quote, build a more inclusive workplace, unquote. Uh, she was the former senior vice president of corporate HR compensation benefits and talent acquisition at the Walt Disney Company. 
Uh, she was helping. She was responsible for helping shape the corporate culture at Disney, which, to to what it looks like, is one of the best uh, around. They don't seem to have too many issues following them all the time, unless it's just squabbles with their their agents, uh, not agents, but their uh, their actors, if you will, um, and 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 things like that. Uh, her new job will oversee, quote, including diversity, equity, and inclusion, talent acquisition, employee experience, learning and development, compensation and benefits, and workplace planning, unquote. Uh, she was also hired alongside Delta Airlines' Sandeep Dubé, who is now the new chief commercial officer, uh, which is a revenue role. And a lot of people have left, and this is a good sign. It's a good first sign. Uh, in wake of the lawsuit brought by the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing, um, which has sued the company over its horrific workplace. And uh, she did say, this is directly from her, quote, I share the company's belief that a work environment should welcome all perspectives, experiences, and backgrounds. A workforce where everyone feels valued is critical to the success of our business as a trusting, engaging, and safe environment that encourages creativity and innovation and in which all employees can thrive. It takes a collective effort to do this, and I'm looking forward to ensuring that we support the diversity of our talent to bring our people together and continue creating amazing entertainment, unquote. That is a good sign. The only thing that I think would get even more people on board is if Bobby Kotick took a little more drastic steps and maybe cleaned house just a tiny bit. You can't do it completely. Um, or even if he left, I know a lot of people are not big fans of his, especially last year when he took a, a big payday that was technically owed to him, but right after they'd laid a lot of people off and the optics were terrible and it's just, maybe don't do a lot of that stuff. Um, I, I don't know, that's just me. But uh, our, our final bit of gaming news here just, just actually came in today, and it uh, has to do with Activision's biggest rival, and that is EA Sports, or EA Sports, just EA Games. <laughs> uh, Battlefield 2042 has been delayed almost a full calendar month uh, from October 22nd to November 19th. So just be prepared. You are not going to be able to play the new Battlefield in October, but now in late November, which... It's just going to lose steam to Call of Duty again, possibly. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. EA and Battlefield. What to do. What to do. Uh, that's it for gaming today. Uh, let's move on over to TV world, shall we? Uh, rumors are now swirling that Fox may bring back 24 in some capacity with Jack Bauer. Uh, or not Jack Bauer. Who knows? I would like to see them go back to a 24-episode season format. I know that's expensive for a show like that. But it, it allows the drama to be played up more. Like, the whole point of 24 was that every episode was an hour long and it represented each hour of the day. Uh, and the, the whole season took place across one day. And when they kind of shortened that to, like, just, like, not as many seasons and you didn't get... It just... It didn't feel the same. It wasn't... It just didn't feel right, and it, it, I don't know, it didn't play out. The stakes weren't as, as high, even though it was a shorter runtime. But I just, I feel like if they bring 24 back, it needs to be 
a 24 episode season, one hour accounts for one hour in the day, and it plays across one whole day. Hence, 24. Uh, we did get our first uh, trailer for Hawkeye, the next MCU show on Disney Plus, which will premiere in the uh, winter season, uh, probably November or December. And hence, it's uh, the trailer is actually all focused around Christmas. Uh, we get a look at Hawkeye and what he's doing now post Endgame. Uh, and we're also introduced to Kate Bishop, his new sidekick or Hawkeye trainee, uh, played by Haley Steinfeld. Uh, the show looks to be a lot of fun, a lot of good action, and it's going to be just like a, a bare-bones action show, right? You don't need to do a lot of effects-heavy stuff with, with Hawkeye like you did with like Falcon of the Winter Soldier because they're both like super-powered individuals technically. You know, the Falcon has his wings and is doing a lot of flying and wingsuit stuff. Bucky, of course, has his metal arm and flinging the shield around. Uh, but I think this show is going to be a little more grounded than the rest of them and, and a lot more fun, and I'm very excited for it. Uh, Netflix has announced that Haley Atwell will voice Lara Croft in their upcoming Tomb Raider animated anime show. This is an interesting casting because obviously Haley Atwell did not voice Lara in the games because this is going to be a sequel uh, to the... Crystal Dynamics sequel or reboot trilogy, uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, Rise of the Tomb Raider, all those. And I'm surprised they weren't able to get Camilla Luddington back to voice Lara. Haley Atwell does have a similar sounding voice, so it, it probably will fit. And we'll see if this opens the door to, to Haley Atwell possibly voicing Lara in a future installment in that series, or if they bring Camilla Luddington back. Uh, for a future game, if they do a fourth game in that series. It'll be interesting to see, for sure. Uh, also being heavily rumored right now is that the Penguin will be getting his own spin-off show from the movie The Batman. Um, it is purportedly going to be a uh, like a prequel sh series about his rise up through the Gotham Underworld. Probably means that Colin Farrell would not be back as the Penguin uh, in those prosthetics. Um, and I'm sure we'll learn more at uh, DC Fandom next month uh, if if this rumor turns out to be true. Because right now it is just a rumor. There's no guarantee that it has any validity as of yet. I'd be excited. That's a show I'd get behind. Not Gotham PD, but definitely this. Because, I mean, we've already had a Gotham PD show, and look how that turned out. Um, we also got our... Uh, the cast, full cast announced for the Fresh Prince reboot coming to NBC. Uh, it is being spearheaded by, hold on, let me get his name. So we have our full cast. It looks like Adrian Holmes has been cast as Uncle Phil. Uh, Cassandra Freeman has been cast as Aunt Viv. Uh, playing Will is a newcomer whose name is Jabari Banks. Uh, Ollie Sholatan has been cast as Carlton. Coco Jones as Hillary Banks. Uh, Akira Akbar as Ashley Banks, uh, originally played by uh, Tatiana Ali. Uh, Jimmy Akingbola uh, as Jeffrey, the, the, the waiter. Uh, Jordan L. Jones as Jazz. 
and then Simone Joy Jones as Lisa, who is the the girlfriend of Will. Um, it will be set in '90s Day Bel Air, and it'll be a one-hour dramatic take on the show. Let me see. Don't know when this is supposed to premiere, uh, but the show will start filming soon with the new cast. Um, and it will premiere, I think, on Peacock. Um, and they will film in both L.A. and Philadelphia. Uh, it will be filmed by Westbrook Studios and Universal TV. Uh, but that is your cast now of the new uh, Fresh Prince reboot. Can't wait for that. Uh, yeah, so that's going to be on Peacock. Uh, and then we we're just talking about Falcon and Winter Soldier. It has been announced today that Anthony Mackie will star as John Doe in the Twisted Metal TV series uh, coming from Sony. Uh, so he will star in the show. I wonder if that means they're making him Sweet Tooth or not. Uh, no word yet on, on any more details on that show, but now we have its first cast member, and I'm sure more cast members will be announced in the coming weeks and or months. And then, uh, before we talk about some reviews, I do want to talk about uh, the newest animated show coming from Dan Harmon that's going to be coming to Fox. It's called Crapopolis, and it's a show that takes place in ancient Greece. And if anything tells you about how sh how great this show is going to be, two of its main cast members are, are comedy gold. Both Richard Iode, who played Moss on The IT Crowd... And Matt Berry, who is currently on uh, What We Do in the Shadows, uh, who, who is also in the IT crowd, uh, are both going to be in this show. And that alone tells me that this show is going to be hilarious. Some great voice talent. It's Dan Harmon. What can go wrong? Really, what can go wrong? And I cannot wait for this show to premiere because... You best believe I'm going to be watching this fucking show. Ancient Greece, Dan Harmon, Matt Berry. It's like a match made in heaven. It literally is a match made in heaven. And I am ecstatic for this. And then before we move on to movies, I do want to talk about... I'm just going to talk about What If today. Uh, I got to watch today's episode uh, before, before recording. And uh, last week's was pretty good. Uh, it was the zombie, Marvel zombie episode, uh, in which Hank Pym brings back uh, an infected Janet Van Dyne with some kind of quantum disease that turns her into a zombie in it. Uh, it looks like it's a lot similar to the comics and where the zombies kind of retain some of their cognitive abilities as, as it shows that they were able to easily take over the world uh, and actually retained most of their abilities and powers. There was even a, a Doctor Strange zombie that could still like open up portals and things like that. And this takes place uh, just at the beginning of Infinity War, or where Infinity War would have taken place, as uh, it actually shows Bruce or the Hulk coming back. Um, and it shows you which characters were able to not be infected, uh, and, and apparently Vision comes up with a cure, but... Somehow he was able to keep Wanda contained, who 
as a zombie is probably a ridiculously overpowered zombie. Um, but it, it's fun seeing them all interact in different ways. And Peter leads like the resistance kind of, and it, it's great seeing him in like a, a really interesting role. Uh, Hope Van Dyne gets a lot more to shine than, than she did in some of the, the Ant-Man films. Um, Vision is a interesting character as well. And the people that survive are not the ones that you expect to survive. And at the very end, they give a tease for like a zombie Thanos. And if, if they, if they were ever able to like, just do a Marvel zombie show just for a little bit, like didn't even have to be many, too many episodes. Wouldn't have to be like multiple seasons. It would be great if they built off this episode. Um, and now actually today as well, they announced that they might do a Marvel zombies film. I don't know how that would work. Uh, or if that would be like a big draw per se, but I could get behind it. Today's episode, it starts off good, but it goes off in this weird, like it allows Killmonger to shine in this episode. And Michael B is back to voice his character. Um, where essentially starts off by saving Tony. So Tony never becomes Iron Man. Uh, where I don't like where it diverges is he kills Rhodey. Um, and it just, the way he, the way the episode handles things, I just, it's like, yeah, I know he was smart and he, he did all this nefarious shit in the Black Panther movie, but I kind of question if he would be able to like get past Tony. Like they make Tony almost a little bit more dumber and more arrogant than he really was. And I guess surviving that attack would make him that way, but it, it, it really undercuts both Rhodey and Tony in a way that I don't particularly agree with. Uh, and it also, it also makes people a little bit more like oblivious to Killmonger and his abilities than, than like, he deserves credit for like don't get me wrong killmonger is one of the greatest villains in the mcu but this what if episode almost makes him like like god tier intel like almost smarter than tony and shuri and i don't i don't buy that i don't buy that at all and like they're they're trying to go along with what like his whole arc was in the black panther movie and i don't i don't necessarily buy into it and, like, he has that oppressor's talk with Rhodey, and I don't know. I just, I don't, I felt that they could have done it a little bit differently, and it would have been a whole lot better. Like, instead of Tony, like, figuring out at the end, maybe have him kill Tony earlier, or I I just, I don't buy into his whole thing and, and Tony just buying into it right away. And I get that he figured out the Obadiah stain thing. And to me, it doesn't feel like, like he's the regular Killmonger. Like when he came in, in the beginning, to me, it felt like he is coming from a place where he knows how everything plays out already. And he is taking advantage of that coming from a different timeline. That to me is the only thing that can make this episode that that would make this episode instantly go from like a like a 5 for me to like an 8 where if this was an alternate killmonger that came in and messed up this universe 
that's the only way because it's just like too many things fell into place that if he was able to do that this time, why wasn't he able to do it the last time? And that's where this what if kind of lost me in this particular episode. But uh, that is it for television. Let's talk about movies. And the biggest trailer, second biggest trailer of the year behind Spider-Man No Way Home came out last week. And that was the Matrix trailer. Uh, the Matrix Resurrections, as it's now being called. In, in my honest opinion, that trailer was straight garbage. It fucking sucked. I hated it. To me, that trailer looked like someone who had never seen the original Matrix movies was asked to direct a fourth one. Like, they were told the basic ideas of what makes a Matrix movie, had never seen them, and then was given a whole bunch of money to direct a Matrix movie. Which is disappointing, because one of the Wachowskis is coming back to direct it. And somehow... It just some somewhere it 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 lost me and it it I don't know what it is and I don't know if it's because Neo has these weird new like ubermensch godlike powers like even above and beyond what he had in Revelations, um, and I, I like is he in the it it it's super meta too, like there's a scene in the trailer where someone's watching the first movie. And now there's theories floating around like this is like in the real world and the Matrix was a movie in that in our world. And then I, I don't know, man, it it seemed. And then another theory is that it's ignoring the, the, the two sequels, Re Revelations and the Matrix Reloaded or whatever the fuck it was called. Um, I don't remember what the name of the two movies were and that it's like a direct sequel to the first Matrix, which again doesn't make any sense because how would Neo or Mr. Anderson now be like a rich wealthy guy living in a f swanky apartment up in like San Francisco um I I eh, am very oh yeah it was it was Matrix Reloaded um I just think it's funny that it <laughs> they came out within a couple months of each other um but I, I, I don't know, man. Um, it, it's very interesting to, to me in, in how this is playing out. And honestly, I was hyped for the Matrix Res Resurrections or whatever they're calling it now. And after seeing that trailer, I'm like, I don't want to pay to watch this movie at all i almost just want to you know watch it at home on hbo max and that's frustrating to me that that would something like that would happen and you you go in like wanting the, to see this awesome trailer for this awesome movie and it just looks like it's falling into the trap of the wachowski's really shitty movies that they put out since the third matrix movie and that's really disappointing. Really disappointing. I hope they can change my mind between now and December. Uh, we also got word on James Bond No Time to Die. And it will actually be the longest James Bond filmed to date. At a runtime of 2 hours and 43 minutes 
And I am all here for it, baby. The more bonds, the better, is what I say. I am very excited to see a, that long of a Bond movie. It opens the door for so many things. And, you know, the director's like, oh, it's not Dr. No, it's not Dr. No. And every time someone does that, it's almost guaranteed that that character is playing the character they don't want you to think. Remember what J.J. did with Star Trek Into Darkness? And it's not Khan, it's not Khan, it's not Khan, it's fucking Khan. And it... But, but, Remy Malik, I think, would do a awesome Dr. No. But, like, if it isn't Dr. No... They're doing a, an amazing job at making us all think it's it's Dr. No. That's for sure. Uh, and also, Marvel has announced because of the success of Shang-Chi in theaters, uh, and it actually won its second weekend in a row this past weekend, it means the, the Eternals will be released in... Um, the Eternals will be released in in theaters exclusively. It will not come, uh, it will not come to Disney Plus, and I am very, very, very excited for that as well. The Eternals, and they've also been saying that the Eternals will have a massive implication on the MCU moving forward, but that remains to be seen. Uh, Universal has announced that uh, Halloween Kills will be released on Peacock day and date as it's released in theaters. So if you don't want to pay to go see Halloween Kills, uh, you'll be able to watch it in the comfort of your own home. And then, uh, let's see, Furiosa has been delayed until 2024, unfortunately. Uh, of course, um, uh, I can't think of her name. Anna Taylor-Joy. We'll be playing Furiosa in that prequel film. Uh, Predator Skulls has wrapped filming. I totally forgot that movie was even a thing after the failure of the last, um, the last Predator movie. But uh, yeah, that's that's uh, that's happening. Uh, and then Disney has actually released its its f uh, future release slate online. Uh, a lot of things are there. Uh, but a couple things I wanted uh, to highlight on. So, The Little Mermaid, which actually finished filming, uh, will not be out until May 26th of 2023. A little surprised by that. Uh, and then we got release dates for seven, seven untitled Marvel films uh, on the release slate. Uh, for July 28th, 2023, uh, which is the first movie after Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. 10-6-2023, 10, 11-10-2023, then 2-16-24, and 11-8-24. This is what I'm thinking. I think that Falcon or Captain America 4 with Sam Wilson is either going to be the July 2023 or July or May 2024. That's what I'm thinking. I think Fantastic Four is either going to be the October or November of 2023. I may be wrong, but we don't know. Um, and then when it comes to the others, this all remains to be seen. I think we're going to get a either a new Avengers or a young Avengers movie. A potential Spider-Man 4 
I think if if Sony and Marvel can work out their differences. Um I think one of these might be a Doctor Strange 3. I think if Multiverse and the Madness does well, we'll get a Doctor Strange 3. I think one of these will be a Hulk film because I think by then they'll have the rights back from Universal. And so Fantastic 4, I think a Fantastic 4 2. And the other thing that I think this might be, because if, if you look at Marvel properties and the trajectory, and then you also want to take into consideration if they want to do a third Black Panther, uh, if they want to do, like I said, a third or a fourth Spider-Man, uh, I don't think we'll get another Thor movie, but I think it will maybe be something based off one of the MCU shows. Um, maybe we'll get a movie with Scarlet Witch. Uh, one of those is also going to be X-Men, almost guaranteed. Uh, I think X-Men, though, is going to be the farthest out. I think that's either going to be the July 24 or November 24, uh, if you ask me. And that is my prediction for now. Uh, also, we have finally have a release date for the Bob's Burgers movie, and that will be May 27th of 2022. And then two release dates for untitled Star Wars films. Uh... Rogue One or Rogue Squadron is set for uh, December 2023 and then December 19th, 2025 and December 17th of 2027. Those are the, the two untitled Star Wars films. I think one of those will either be Taika's Star Wars movie and one of those will possibly be uh, either the first of Ryan Johnson's trilogy uh, or the Kevin Feige Star Wars movie. Uh, moving forward, we finally, finally have news on the Triplets movie, the sequel to the Twins, um, the movie Twins, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and, and Danny DeVito. Uh, and while it was gestating for a long time in Hollywood with uh, Eddie Murphy potentially starring as the Triplet, uh, it has been fully announced that now the Triplet will be played by Tracy Morgan, who I think is the next best person to put into that role and situation uh, he will be a long lost triplet of the other two which will be funny because he's so much younger than than de niro and devito or de niro than uh schwarzenegger and devito um and uh, they hope to start production early next year and they're uh being it's being directed by ivan reitman which is a awesome to hear he directed the first one um and uh hopefully that can come out in the next year and a half uh, it's also been announced that Christopher Nolan's new film, uh, which will be focused around uh, Oppenheimer, the father of the atomic bomb, uh, and it's going to be Christopher Nolan's first film not with Warner Brothers. He's actually going with Universal Studios uh, because Warner Brothers was not available, apparently. Uh, so, yes, it's going to be about J. Robert Oppenheimer. Uh, it's going to cost $100 million, even though it's going to be a smaller movie. Uh, and he had some crazy demands um, for this. So like I said, it's a $100 million budget, It's even though it's smaller scale. Uh, he requested a $100 marketing budget as well, total creative control, 20% of first dollar gross, and a blackout period where the studio cannot release any films before or three weeks after release of his Oppenheimer film. I... Uh, which is ridiculous. Uh, he also wanted to ensure that it would not land on a streaming service. 
and it has at least a 100-day theatrical window. Um, and if you compare that to like Shang-Chi, that has a 45-day theatrical window. So Apple, Sony, and Universal were all vying for it. Uh, Apple would not meet his requests. Sony uh, was up there till the end, and then Universal said yes to every single one of his demands, apparently. Um, I guess... Yeah, so it's his next movie. It's going to be about Oppenheimer, the Manhattan Project, the nuclear bomb, and uh, Killian Murphy is reportedly in talks to play a major role in the film. Uh, this will be Christopher Nolan's next film, and I'm sure it won't be out for several years at this point. Uh, but apparently Universal was willing to give in to all of his ridiculous demands, if you ask me. Um, I'm, I'm shocked they're willing to go with the three-week before and three-week after Blackout. But Christopher Nolan is an Artur. Pretentious fuck is what he is. Um, uh, also, in a press release about Dune... Uh, Variety uncovered that Mortal Mortal Kombat films are are more Mortal Kombat films are in the works over at Warner Brothers, um, so they want to continue that Mortal Kombat franchise. Uh, seems that it did well enough on HBO Max and in theaters and review wise that they are going to continue that universe and keep making movies in it. Um, and then. Our last bit of movie news, which actually came in right as we were we were recording, uh, Flight of the Navigator is finally being remade over at Disney, and it's being directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. That's uh, just going to be her, her feature film debut. She has already directed quite a few number of episodes of The Mandalorian. Uh, she's going to be epi directing episodes of The Book of Boba Fett as well, uh, and this will be a all female led version of Flight of the the Navigator. This is one of my brother's favorite movies. I enjoyed this movie as a child. It's about a kid who gets abducted by aliens and then flies the alien ship around. Um, but yeah, that uh, Bryce Dallas Howard is directing the Flight of the Navigator reboot, um, led by an all-female cast uh, in her directorial debut. And that is it for Nick's Nerd News today. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, of course, I am Nick, um, host of Nick's Nerd News. Make sure to check out our website at nicksterdnews.com where you can listen to the show right in your browser. Uh, or if you prefer, you can find links to our Spotify page, our Google Podcast page, and our Apple Podcast page. Uh, that way you can listen to us on the go. You can subscribe to us, get every episode as it, as it releases. Uh, you can get it downloaded right to your device. Uh, and you can listen to me wherever you want. <laughs> also, while you're there, make sure to check out nicksterdnews.com or nicksnerdnews.com you're already at nicksnerdnews.com check out our social media tab where you can find links to our facebook twitter and instagram uh, you can also see the feeds of all all of our social media pages uh, we post a lot of fun memes and uh, that way you guys can get a, a laugh out of it or if you prefer follow us on your preferred social media platform of choice just search nicksnerdnews uh, also remember i am going to be shoutcasting this week for the 101 esports league we will be shoutcasting uh, we will be streaming uh, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate on Friday night from 6, 6 to about 10. Uh, and I'll be shoutcasting. That's on twitch.tv slash the101league. Then on Saturday from noon to 4, we'll be hosting a Super Smash Bros. Melee tournament. 
Uh, and remember, it is the 20th anniversary of the GameCube this week. Um, and uh, shoutcasting Super Smash Brothers Melee at Panels Comic Book Coffee Bar. Great local little co- uh, comic book shop. And um, that will be 12 to 4. Also on Twitch. Make sure to follow the 101 League on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, and Discord. And then, uh, again, we'll be back next week. And thank you guys for listening. Catch you guys on the flip side.